What's good, everybody? This is Silas from SilasBeats.info here with another episode of the Leverage Podcast, the podcast that helps you get ahead. Um, I'm just taking a quick drive to the studio. Uh, I wanted to spend a bit of time. This is episode 34. Um, I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about uh, the post that I did to my uh, my WhatsApp group yesterday. Um, it was basically the the... The, the topic was placements, right? And in the first week of sending out the, that particular voice note, um, I spent a bit of time talking about, uh, you know, what placements are and that kind of story. So if you haven't gotten a hold of that, you can hit me up and I, I'll send that through to you. Uh, but as a second post, what I spoke about was my experiences with placements. And like, it was, it was cool. Like I, the, the reception that I got from my experiences with placements was cool except for what I feel people put down as priority I feel like some of the people that were listening it was a 10 minute voice note it was a 12 minute voice note I feel like some of the people that were listening were obviously listening um, uh, picking and choosing what they were listening to and I just want to uh, you know address that real quick Um, that what I was basically talking about was, look, in the beginning, when I started going for placements, I had to build up a couple of relationships. I spent a lot of time in, the, in DMs, DMing people, just trying to hit people up, trying to connect with people, uh, trying to get in the room with a person so I could sit down with them so that I could, you know, get that relationship going. Even with the publisher that I ended up working with, I made a lot of uh, phone calls, I took a couple of meetings, and then eventually I ended up in a room with someone who is a publisher from Cape Town, but happened to be in Joburg and was happy to take a meeting. So I was like, okay, snap. Took the meeting, he listened to a little bit of the music and he was like, cool, this is great. Uh, do you guys want to join? I was with uh, Jay Lawless at the time. And uh, we were like, yeah, let's do it. And then we started making music and soon after that we got our first placement uh, in an Adidas advert with Orlando Pirates, with the with Orlando Pirates soccer team. So, my experiences outside of that were uh, getting a placement after P.O., getting a placement with uh, Blacklist, which was kind of an offshoot of the P.O. Uh, placement because I was just in, I happened to just in, eventually end up in a studio with Jay Lawless um, and P.O. And then eventually there were times when Blacklist would arrive. And then we'd talk and then he'd say, ah, you're the guy who made that beat for these guys. I need to get you on my next album. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then from there, that feature then, um, having, having Blacklist jump on my beats and having me then work on his album led to me getting a whole bunch of other features on my beats. Um, getting mixing and mastering work done with... Uh, with Casper on, on, the, on, his, on his last single. All of that came from that first interaction. That's kind of the point I was trying to make, that it starts with getting your foot inside one door. And then from there, no matter how small and insignificant you think that door might be, you just keep building. You use that to get into the next door, to get into the next door, to get into the next door. And then the part that I think people got a little bit twisted was when I started talking about the paid features that I did, that I paid uh, morale money 
for a feature. That's something I did and I'm pretty open about it. Um, and I'm pretty open about the results as well, that it didn't work out so well. It's not a track that, like, that I, I actively push out to this day. Uh, the first feature I got with P.0, I actively push out to this day. I will still send it to people uh, if they want to hear it. Now, with the morale track, I paid the money, but I had, my, my expectations were very different. My expectations were he would take the track on as his own and he would almost treat it as his own song. Tweet it out, uh, put it on his Facebook, you know, be a part of the movement of that track. But what ended up happening was P.O, the person I'd gotten to feature on the track for free, was the one who was pushing it more than the person that I'd paid to get on the track for, uh, uh, for whatever amount I'd paid, for the, the 3,000 Rand that I'd paid. It upset me a little bit, but after a while I realized, well now in hindsight, I realized that I didn't pay for promotion. I didn't pay for it to become a well-known song. I paid for a 16 bar first. That is all I paid for. And that is what I got, and I should not complain about this. Right? If, I, if he had said to me, look, if I'm going to be tweeting about it, I can give you this many tweets for this amount, right? And then it gets messy, because now we start talking about tweets, what kind of tweets it is, what kind of content is being pushed out, what's being said, the times that the posts are being put out. And yeah, we can debate, like you can debate that on for a while. So if he had given me a fee, it would have been for me to just say yes or no, you know, take it or leave it type, type story. Um, but back then I obviously didn't know. Now, I had another situation where I was supposed to get an AB Crazy feature. The amount was too much, so I said, no, I can't afford this. Later on, I get a, I get a, a call from, um, I get a call back saying, look, it's fine, we can do it at that other price. So I was like, okay, cool. But then I realized, I went back to the thought process that I had with the whole morale track, and I was like, no, no I don't want to do it because of that outcome. I want it to be organic. Plus, I know that if you pay for a feature, you don't even, like, that's not a relationship. It's like, um, I think the best thing that I can compare it to is a one-night stand. Because I feel like that's something that, um, uh, people, whether or not you're, you've been a part of one, that is something that is completely relatable. Whereas you look at some of the other relationships that I've had, those are actual relationships. Like you can think of that as more, um, uh, and no homo to the whole situation, no homo, but you can think of it as more of like a relationship relationship as opposed to a one night stand. So now what people started phoning me up for was for the, they wanted to know about the holy grail of paying people for features. That was the resounding response that I got. And I was like, so out of all of this stuff, all of the placements and all of the everything that I've spoken about, people are still very, very interested in the whole notion of finding a big artist, getting a hold of them, asking them to pay for a feature so that they can jump on one of your tracks and then you can blow up. So the first thing I need to say to that is in terms of money that I've gotten off of royalties and off of like that whole off of like placements, the money that I've gotten from uh, Samro especially with regards to uh, library music, music that's not related, you know, just getting like placements with Adidas or on, the, on some soapy, those have given me the most money. To date now, it's, it's hundreds of thousands of brands. And that is 
huge. Like it's a big amount. I, I'm not gonna lie and say, nah, it's just a, it's a small catch. It was a big amount. And that's, a lot of my money has come from that. Sure, I record, I mix, I master, I do a whole lot of things, but this is one of the income streams that I'm very, very happy about. And I feel like not enough people turn their attention towards it because one, there's no fame whatsoever. No one knows that my track plays after a UEFA Champions League game. And I don't think anybody cares. From time to time, I'll tweet or something. If I'm excited or something, I'll be like, oh snap, that's my music again. You know, I feel good about it. So I'll, um, I'll talk about that. But like, it's nothing big. It's not like getting your track playing on MTV Bass or Channel O on 5FM, right? So that fame aspect or that well-known aspect isn't there. But I'm smiling because my bank balance is, is, is healthier. Um, than what I would have gotten had my song played on radio uh, seven or eight times. So that's the first thing that I want to, that's the first thing I want to say. The second thing I want to say is, I just want to go back to the whole notion of, the whole analogy of a one night stand type situation. You can go after the biggest artist you can find. It can be an AKA, it can be a Cuesta, it can be a Casper, it can be anybody who is related to, you know, who's like top tier top tier stuff and you can hit them up and they can give you a fee and you can pay that fee it'd be the same thing as you I don't know I don't want to call it prostitution but it it gets to a point where you're paying for us you're literally paying for a service you're not paying for the relationship you're not paying for dApps you're not paying for you're not paying for anything except for that sick whatever you paid for that 16 bar verse or that hook or whatever it is. If you want to jump in and you want to get tweets and whatnot, you can't expect someone to, to love your track. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's like paying for an escort and then wanting, wanting, their, wanting to meet their family afterwards. You know, you're asking for too much, right? And it's beyond, what it, it's beyond your scope. Don't, you can't pay for a feature. You can't say you're going to pay 40K and... Hope and pray that this person loves your track. It's like, again, it's like paying up, it's like paying an escort and hoping that when they meet you, they're gonna like you and you and you guys are gonna start something. You're gonna start something together. It's, it's just, it's ludicrous to me. Um, back then, I didn't know. I didn't think about it at all. But now it makes so much sense that the best way to get into the room or the best way to get in front of these people is to do it on a... Um, on a like a sure on a face-to-face -face basis but you want to do it on a relationship based basis because I know I can't hit morale up now for shit he's not gonna give me anything he won't give me the time of day and that's fine I don't care because I've, I've moved past that I understand the situation I understand the nature of our relationship and that's that that was a one-time thing whereas you look at it, a relationship like the one that I have with um, say someone like Black Les or P.O. or J. Lawless. If I need something or I need, I know there's a question I need to ask. Like the other day, I wanted to ask P how he submits his stuff to radio and uh, to TV and what the situation was. And I literally opened up my phone, went to WhatsApp, went to his contact, sent him a quick voice note and he gave me like a good two and a half minute reply of the process that he goes through. That there, that information is gold right because he's done it many times before and it's just you know it's 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 nice it's just nice information to know right and that's now information that i've gotten but because of the relationship that i had 
right? Now, the point that I want to drive home now that I wasn't able to drive home in then, and I don't think I'd be able to drive home in a 10 minute voice note is that your best relationships are gonna be those that you've built up during those, you know, those hard times. There are times where you and the other artists, you and the artists that you're working with, you guys are broke. There's guys that I'm working with right now. We complain sometimes. We're like, man, you know, we wish that we had X, Y, Z. You know, why does it have to be like this? You guys, you sit down, you complain together. And I know a lot of people do this. You probably sit with your boys or your colleagues or your girls or your friends or whoever it is. And you'll say stuff like, um, man, I wish the hip hop industry was more like this. Or man, I wish house was more like this. Or man, you know, the pop industry is cool, but if this could happen, then that would be great. And then you start strategizing and plotting and, you know, you start talking shit about things that you want to happen and things that you want to do. And you start talking about albums, man, I'm, I want to release an album. Um, it's going to be a 10 track thing. And, you know, you start talking about your things and you guys start to develop this relationship where you are good friends. <laughs> I think that's the best way to put it. You're just good friends. And through that, you pick, it, it, it builds and it develops. And, you know, then you can start saying things like, look, dude, uh, can you jump on this track? Can you do that? But it's nothing. At that point, it's nothing because you don't have to whip out 40K. You don't have to whip out 40K for that feature because now you guys are good friends. Now, we can then move to the next thing and we can start saying, how do you become good friends with, a, with someone like a Cuesta, Casper, or AKA or someone like that? And my simple answer to you is, I don't think they're looking, they, you know, I don't think there's any vacancies for just random people to become their new best friend. Remember, they had people that they came up with as well. You and your three hot songs are not gonna enter into the picture and completely change their world. If we need to be completely honest and truthful about the situation, this is not a realistic thing to say that I'm going to play my track and um, as, as, as unmixed and unmastered or as unknown as I am, uh, someone like an AKA is going to jump up and be like, oh my gosh, I have to work with this person. Firstly, they get tracks every day. I mean, if I can get up to 30, 40 tracks in a day without me even asking for it, and I'm a nobody, think about what the heck can happen if they have an email address somewhere. Why do you think the managers that are... Why do you think, firstly, why do you think they have managers? The, the first thing is so that they can actually manage that. Because no, they don't want to deal with having to listen through 10,000 artists' songs. If they leave their phone, if they go on tour or do something for a week, right? Let's just put this into, let's make, it, let's make this practical. If someone like an AKA can put their uh, email address on Twitter, they can tweet it out. Firstly, it'll trend, right? Secondly, I'm telling you, in that moment, they're gonna get more than 100 songs. But for the sake of this example, let's just say that they only get 100 songs. And then from there, um, those 100, they get that 100 on day one, they get 100 on day two. By the end of the week, they've gotten 700 songs. This is Saturday and Sunday included. That's 700 songs that they've, that they've uh, gotten. Now, what we need to do, and this is why we can't be angry at him or his management is that, what do you expect them to do? Do you expect them realistically now? Let's, let's just be honest for a second. Do you expect him and his management to sit in a room and go through 700 songs? Let's be honest. 
would you be able to go through 700? If someone sent you 700 songs, like there's times when I'm like, you know what? On my WhatsApp, someone will say, dude, can you please? And I'm, I'm, I'm struggling these days now as well. People will be like, yeah, dude, can you please? Uh, I need you to listen through this track. I, I need you to tell me what you think. And I think to myself, you are the eighth birth. You are the eighth person to send me this very same or similar message today. I have shit to do. I've got content I need to create. Um, it just so happens that I give out information, but I'm not a teacher. Like, I don't sit on my phone and want to teach. No one would want to do that. Sit and teach people all day. So I don't want to do that all day. I've got beats I need to create. I've got songs. When do you think I record people? So that's hours at a time that are gone. When do you think I mix and master all of that work? When do you think I create those beats? Right? So, like, when... <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. I feel like people are a little bit, um, we're a little bit jaded. And it's, I, it's because we have, we have, I think the mentality is a bit twisted. Plus, we also don't, we don't see the bigger picture. We don't see the full picture. And as I'm starting to see more and more of the picture, I'm very, very far from seeing the full picture. And I know that. There's, sometimes I hear stories from people, I'm like, whoa, this is hectic. I don't know if I want to know any more about this. But... The more I read, the more I understand, the more I experience, and the more I open myself up to this ecosystem, the hip-hop industry ecosystem, the mixing, mastering, the royalty ecosystem. These are all ecosystems where people live. There's, these are whole industries. Where there's lots of money being pumped in and out of all of this. More, more now because there's just a lot more money in hip-hop. But the more I understand, the more I see it, the more, I, the more I get that the only real way, the only real magic bullet you have is to basically just focus on building up your network. Because at the end of, end of the day, that's going to determine what you're worth. That's, and that's been said before. I know people always say things like, what is that saying? Your network determines your net worth. And it's so cheesy. I hate, I hate cliches and I hate sayings, but it's so true. And it's only now that I'm starting to realize that going back in time, if I had to, because I had to do this voice note, I kind of got an opportunity to create a timeline of my career. I've never ever done that before. And now when I look at it, I realize that everything was, these weren't all isolated incidences. Everything built up on, everything built on everything else. And it all started off with me randomly one day Finding a P.O. who wasn't, like he wasn't, he hadn't exploded at, uh, by, any, by any chance. He was just really well known. Also, when he, there was more of like an underground scene going on, and I feel like he was cl classified a bit more there. Um, although he was very, very capable. He's very, very capable of doing multiple genres. I'm not just saying that because I work a lot with him. I've heard the kind of songs that he's jumped on. But again, a lot of those songs... You know, you might not even hear because, again, there's, there was very little relationship involved. And yeah, so I think just to wrap it up, relationships are cool. And I think relationships are everything in any kind of industry where you deal, deal with people. As much as you might, might want to believe that this is the music industry, any industry that includes people is the people industry. And when you deal with people, you need to understand that these are the things that you're going to need to deal with. Picking up relationships, for you to have lasting relationships, for you to be able to call people up and say, look, so-and-so owes me a favor. Like I know, just, just candidly speaking, P owes me favors. 
I owe P favors, but it's because there've been times when I, it was rough for me. It was rough for him. We had those moments. And through that, we built up a brotherhood. And from there, you know, yeah, I, I, I feel like I've said my piece and I feel like the, the focus, if the focus could just shift slightly from people trying to hunt for the, the, uh, the, that moment when they blow up or where the fame all just suddenly arrives, they can step back and think longevity because being an artist or having that, let's say, okay, great. Let me actually just, as a last thing, let me just um, make a hypothetical situation where you get a track with, say, Cresta, and it happens to do well. What happens next? Do you then have the infrastructure as an artist? Now, we need you, I need you to be extremely honest with yourself. And don't lie. I, lying is it's bad. Don't lie. If you were to get a track today, would you, prepare, would you be prepared for everything that comes with it? Would you be prepared? Because remember, royalties is one thing. You can talk, we can talk about royalties and getting money back, but you're only going to see that money in 2020. You're only going to see that, realistically speaking, you're probably only going to see that money in 2020, maybe halfway through 2019. So you're going to be functioning on hype for six months. And we know how long these, you're going you're gonna to be functioning on hype. Actually, not even for six months. It's going to be a lot less. We know how long songs last these days. If they are not complete hits, a complete hits. You're looking at nothing longer than, what, a month? And then people are like, on to the next thing. Our attention spans are getting shorter. And this is a fact. This is what's, this is just what's happening. So, would you be prepared that if you did that one track and you did that one video, that you would be able to, one, fund another project, exactly the same, because now you've set the bar. And if you do a feature with Questa, your next feature is going to definitely have to be with AK or Casper or Reason. I don't know why I'm using those three examples, uh, but you're going to have to. It's anybody that's big. I'm just trying to just spitball names. Um, yeah, so, yeah. So you need to then have your follow-up. And your follow-up, your second, your second thing is doing something the second time is always the most difficult thing. Look at football. Look at anything. Any sort of situation. Getting your second degree. Doing all of those things. The second time is the most difficult thing because you've done it once. You've suffered, you've done it the second time, but you're not as pumped. You don't, you've seen the results from the first thing and you're like, hey, do I really want to do this? So firstly, do you have the capacity to back up your first attempt? And if you don't, you're finished. Do you have the time and the patience to grind it out for another four more years after that first feature to solidify your place anywhere near the top 10 in, the, the, in your industry? Mind you, it's going to take, it could even take a bit longer, right? I've seen people get massive features, but they disappear very, very quickly. I'm not saying it's, well, that's what's going to happen to you, but I'm just asking you. You need to be very, 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 very um, truthful with yourself. And if the answer for any of these things, if there's any sort of hesitation where you're like, you know what, I can do this once or twice, but I cannot afford to have the biggest guys on my track, then you're doing something wrong. You're doing something wrong. Either you don't, or you, or you haven't done something yet. Let me rather put it like that. There's something that you haven't done yet. Maybe you haven't developed the relationships enough yet. Maybe you have not met enough people. Maybe you have not put out enough work 
for people to have a back catalog. Maybe that's another important thing, having a back catalog. I know if people hit me up and they're like, dude, what work have you done? Or, you know, why should we care about you? Or, you know, and this is not a thing where someone's going to walk up to me and be like, hey, Silas, why should we care about you? It's an internal thing. So people will say, they'll bump into one of my ads on Facebook and they'll see my work and they'll be like, oh, okay, so this is the guy that did that track. Let me see if there's more information or more stuff about him. They'll Google me or they'll find one of my URLs on one of my pages. They'll click that thing. They're good to go. Everything's fine. They look through my pages. It's dope. It's Christmas. They see this music. I've been releasing music since 2008. And they're like, great, let's go back and see where this guy comes from. Then they read up on my story. Then they start to kind of, you know, take to my brand and listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I've done. And they're like, this guy is, you know, he's half decent. Then that's when the relationship can start to cultivate, starts to build for real, like real, real development. But yeah, um, that's, that's me. There's a whole bunch of things I wanted to talk about, but I, I obviously I'm not going to fit them in here. If you want, um, if you want me to, uh, you know, go on, possibly talk more about this i could possibly even have another voice note where i talk more about placements um on whatsapp hit me up if you are interested in being in that uh placement um that uh, whatsapp weekly voice note hit me up as well let me know um or you can actually just hit me up on whatsapp that's chill uh, you can head through to www.silasbeats.info all the information that you need is going to be there and yeah let's keep in communication let's keep chatting and yeah, let me know what your thoughts are. Peace.